May 10th. Our reading today in the New Testament takes place in the book of John, chapter 6, verses 22 through 42. Now, life is a key theme throughout John's gospel. He uses the word nearly 50 times, as we shall see as we continue reading here in the book of John. Jesus is the life, the light of life, and the bread of life, and he gives the water of life. Jesus laid down his life so that we might have life, and that more abundantly, and eternally too, I might add. With that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. May 10th, John chapter 6, verses 22 through 42. The next morning, back across the lake, crowds began gathering on the shore, waiting to see Jesus. For they knew that he and his disciples had come over together and that the disciples had gone off in their boat, leaving him behind. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. When the crowd saw that Jesus wasn't there, nor his disciples, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. When they arrived and found him, they asked, Teacher, how did you get here? Jesus replied, The truth is, You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you saw the miraculous sign. But you shouldn't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that I, the Son of Man, can give you. For God the Father has sent me for that very purpose. They replied, What does God want us to do? Jesus told them, This is what God wants you to do. Believe in the one He has sent. They replied, You must show us a miraculous sign, if you want us to believe in you. What will you do for us? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. As the scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I assure you, Moses didn't give them bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day of our lives. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry again. Those who believe in me will never thirst. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do what I want. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those He has given me, but that I should raise them to eternal life at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see His Son and believe in Him should have eternal life, that I should raise them at the last day. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement, because he had said, I am the bread from heaven. They said, This is Jesus, the son of Joseph. We know his father and mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? There will be no cowards in heaven. I heard that over and over this week. There will be no cowards in heaven. 
doesn't mean we don't get scared every once in a while, but that's not the spirit he put in us. He doesn't allow us to be cowards. That's why, like I shared last week, when I heard about the inner city and I thought, oh, I'm scared. That didn't sit well with me. I'm not supposed to be scared. I'm supposed to be fearless before the Lord. He didn't give me that spirit. It didn't sit right with me. He, he says there in Revelation 21, man, it's great. He was the one who conquers, the, the, the one who, who overcomes. He says, I'll be his God. He'll be my son. See, the strong ones, the ones that conquer those fears, the ones that conquer, you know, their temptations, that conquer their doubts. He says, those are my children. But then the first thing he says in verse 8, he goes, but as for the cowardly, as for the cowardly, the ones who are scared, you're too scared to follow me? You're too scared to name my name? That Jesus says this. Jesus says, why are you, why are you scared of people? You're scared of people? He goes, why would you fear them? I believe it's Matthew 10. He says, he says, all they can do is kill you. He goes, I can kill you and then send your soul to hell. He goes, don't you think you should fear me more? There will be no cowards in heaven. He says, the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Look, I was very sad about this morning until I started reading this passage. And then I thought, you know what? This is a little goodbye for a short period of time on the earth. And what this passage is talking about is something that is far sadder. Okay, but I think, man, even if there's one person in this room who if you were to die today and you have never confessed Jesus, you've never really lived for him, then you're going to spend an eternity apart from God. And I just began dwelling on that because I can't imagine that. I can't imagine being apart from God forever and then in a place of torment, what this place calls, which is a, which is a lake that burns with fire and sulfur. And it's not an immediate end. It's, it's this torment day and night forever and ever. It says where, where you'll want to die, but you're not allowed to. And, and so, so what am I going to be sad about? That I won't see some of you for, for a few years? Yes, it is sad. But the thought of any one of you. I, see, I don't want to look back on even this moment with regret. And go, man, you're all about saying goodbye and everything else. And there are people in that room that we're going to say goodbye to for eternity. It didn't, it didn't make sense to me. It made all the sense in the world to tell you, man, I don't want you to die that way. I don't, I, I can't bear the thought of it ending that way. Because you held on to something that you thought was more valuable than Jesus. You thought, well, because of the way she looked or the way, you know, you guys just got along so well that suddenly that, that, that's more important than this? And this, this eternity with God? Or, or whether it was your money and your comforts and you just go, no, I don't want to just follow God. I, I, I got to keep this certain standard of living. I got to have this stuff. I want this. I want that. And you're not willing to let go. Well, whatever addiction it is, it's in your life. That God would give you, he promised he'll give you the power over those things. If you'll trust him. If you'll let go, but at some point in your life, you've got to believe that he is more valuable than all of that. That he's worth it. 
And he says, because, you know, it's, it's the liars, he says. The liars. They're, they're the ones that, that are in this room. Some of you are in this room where you've got us all fooled. Congratulations. You know, you seem like a Christian to us. You seem like you've surrendered your life, but you know when you go to bed at night that you haven't. And he says right there, here's your place. It's going to be in that lake of fire. I... There'll be no cowards in heaven. And that's why I refuse to be one. Psalm 106, verses 32 through 48. At Mirabah, too, they, the Israelites, angered the Lord, causing Moses serious trouble. They made Moses angry, and he spoke foolishly. Israel failed to destroy the nations in the land as the Lord had told them to. Instead, they mingled among the pagans and adopted their evil customs. They worshipped their idols, and this led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters. By sacrificing them to the idols of Canaan, they polluted the land with murder. They defiled themselves by their evil deeds, and their love of idols was adultery in the Lord's sight. That is why the Lord's anger burned against His people, and He abhorred His own special possession. He handed them over to pagan nations and those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies crushed them and brought them under their cruel power. Again and again he delivered them, but they continued to rebel against him, and they were finally destroyed by their sin. Even so he pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. He remembered his covenant with them and relented because of his unfailing love. He even caused their captors to treat them with kindness. O Lord, our God, save us. Gather us back from among the nations, so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 34 and 35. Godliness exalts a nation but sin is a disgrace to any people. A king rejoices in servants who know what they are doing. He is angry with those who cause trouble.